We greet you in the grace, peace, joy, and love of God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Love to the family. Thank God for his love that we can share with one another. Come on, if you know God's been good to you. Come on, I said if you know God. Wait a minute, hold on. If he's been mediocre to you, give him mediocre praise. If he's been all right, give him all right praise. But if you know he's been great, and greatly to be praised come on from the rising of the sun to the to the going down of the same have i got two or three more people who recognize he's worthy oh yes he's worthy hallelujah to those of you who are watching via the World Wide Web, I'm Dr. D.Z. Cofield, Senior Pastor here at the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church. I want to thank you today for the privilege of your time. Thank you for allowing us into your personal space to inform your head, inspire your heart, and encourage your spirit to be all that God wants you to be. Please remember, you're not watching to make me a big preacher or us a big church. We're here to help you become the biggest and best Christian we can possibly help you to be. We don't want you to have church. We don't want you to go to church. We want to help you be church, to be the salt and light that God is calling you to be. And we're excited about what God is doing in the life of our family and in your life as well. So if you're watching in one of 164 countries that we're being watched in, like us, love us, share us with family, members, and friends, and let them know there's never been a better time for hope man we've had some exciting things as we wind down this year move into the advent season Uh, on yesterday we celebrated the dedication and unveiling of the barbara jordan statue and plaza that is on the site of the former barbara jordan post office some of you may not have known where that post office was 401 Franklin Street. Some of you had to drive your income tax preparation down there to hand it off. And that uh, post office closed several years ago, uh, but they rededicated. There's Mother McGowan, who is the last remaining sister of Barbara Jordan. And I was privileged to be there, part of that program, and I want to thank Uh, All of you who were able to come and share in those festivities on yesterday. Amen. Amen. I want to send a shout out to True Youth, our True Youth uh, Ministry, um, under the direction of Pastor Cam. uh, Sent out care packages to our young people in college, got there just in time for finals. I don't know how many of you remember those days when you were just glad to get anything in the mail that wasn't a bill or anything. Amen. So they've been following up with our uh, our young people in college and letting them know that we're praying for them and we love them and we're certainly grateful to God for that. Um, Brother Michael Crockett, stand up, if you will. I'm going to have him come and say, share something later on. But CNS Cares Community Health Initiative is here with us on today. They've brought a mobile clinic, so you probably saw it out front. And they're providing free blood pressure screening, glucose screening, body mass index, oxygen levels, etc. cetera. Uh, I want you to go out and be a part of this. He also will make sure if you are uninsured or underinsured to connect you with the Affordable Care Act to help you get insurance. Two and a half to three million people in the state of Texas are without insurance. Two and a half to three million people are without insurance or are underinsured. And uh, I wanna thank uh, Michael Crockett for the tremendous work that he's doing in the community one of his uh, we remember uh, 
Rhonda and her ministry here and, and Sean and I'm like Mark Taylor, man. She's one of my favorite. Saying I don't know if anybody, I, I'm not talking about anybody now. I'm just saying for me, I don't know if there's any uh, singer I'd, I'd rather hear than her. She just has such an anointing on her life. And she's one of the, she's one of the brand ambassadors for CNS Cares. But we're going to have to mark. We got to get Rhonda to come back on our own. Amen. Just We got to let her come back on our own. And, uh, and we're grateful um, to the Lord for her being here. So they'll be outside. And uh, I want to encourage uh, all of the deacons, all of the officers, make sure you go out, get your screening. It's not going to cost you anything. Uh, you know, you may not want to know what the news is. Amen. But it's better to know. Amen. It's better to know. Um, souls to the polls this Sunday. This is the last Sunday that you will be able to vote uh, in the mayoral election. Election day is on Saturday, is on Saturday. Those of you who follow me on Facebook, you know I voted last week. I'm going to get my vote in early. And I voted for Sheila Jackson Lee. And let me tell you all, uh, just so nobody gets mad, if, if you think I'm wrong about Sheila, I know I'm right about Jesus. Amen. But let me, let, me, let me tell you why. For me, local elections are about accessibility. It's about having access. Um, there are many of you who have called me, whether it was courtroom, judges, DA's office, things with the city, and I was able to help you because of access. And... I'm not mad at anybody, y'all. I want you to know I'm not mad at anybody because y'all know if I was mad at somebody, I could tell you that too. Um, but here's what I know. Over the 30 years that I've been here, Congresswoman came in the office when I came to Good Hope in 1994. And since I have been here, whether it's been flooding, whether it's been homes, families displaced by fire, um, whatever's happened, money coming down from the federal government, that needed to get to our people, she has always called and always responded to my calls to help people in our community. Um, I don't know anybody who works harder than she does. Um, I was talking to a member of her team the other day and she went to 22 different events in one day. 22 different events. I get tired just thinking about that. And I would jokingly tell her I think she's been cloned because she shows up at bar mitzvahs, barbecues, funerals, weddings. It doesn't matter what's going on. She's going to be there. And, but that speaks to her commitment to the community. Amen? Speaks to her commitment to the community. So I can't tell you who to vote for. I want you to vote your conscience, vote your convictions, vote for your community. Um, but I'm on record for who I voted for. And if you don't know, just check my Facebook page. But I do want to encourage you today. To get out and vote. If you don't know where to vote, go to harrisvotes.com, harrisvotes.com, plug in your address, your zip code, and it'll tell you where you can vote. Uh, but this is the last Saturday. And you know what? Shame on us. Shame on us if we vote at a rate of 15 to 20% and then complain about who's in office. Right? When somebody starts complaining to me, the first thing I ask them is, did you vote? No, I ain't vote. My voting don't matter. Then your voice doesn't matter. So just be quiet. And nothing for you to say. Nothing for you to say. If you didn't vote, you can't complain. Amen. You get what you get. All right? So let's make sure that we get out and vote. Rooted and grounded, make some noise. For those of you who are visiting with us, Rooted and Grounded is our discipleship culture. We have made a commitment to change the culture of our church to become more biblically based around discipleship, helping people who need Jesus to know Jesus, helping people who know Jesus to grow in Jesus. So we're not committed to having church. We're not committed to going to church. We're committed to being church, helping people to be who God created them to be. I want you to hear this testimony. This is a powerful testimony that uh, one of our rooted members shared, and it'll bless you in a special way when you hear what she has to share.
Hi, my name is Giovanni Loda. I was invited by Donna Brown to Get and Grounded about 10 weeks ago. Donna Brown is my client. And um, she asked me if I would be interested in doing Rooted and Grounded with her. And I was actually praying right before she asked me, maybe like a week before she asked me to join. I had prayed and I was asking God for just like something to refresh me. Because honestly, before Rooted and Grounded, I felt mad. Like when you go to your phone and you type in the emoji and you type in like, meh, this is the emoji. You see, it's just black, it's stale, it's flat. Um, I was going to a church, I just didn't feel anything um, to the point where I just stopped going and I was just only watching online. And not that there's anything wrong with watching church online, but I missed um, fellowship. So that's why I decided to go back to church. But it just, something was missing. Um, I just had been feeling really blah. Um, I had a divorce about four years ago and that like shook my faith like crazy. Um, to be pastors and to go through like a public divorce, the shame, the embarrassment, um, and then all of the experience like leading up to that just really shook my faith to the core. Um, and so coming out of that and just clinging on to God for life, just for dear life because I knew I couldn't do anything without him um, and just feeling like a failure, uh, feeling like I can't believe this didn't work. I, my faith was just like a roller coaster. So I had kind of just been cruising and it was just very stale and bland. And uh, about a week before Donna asked me to join, I had asked God, I was like, God, I just need something different, something new, something fresh. Lo and behold, rooted and grounded. And so now this 10 weeks has really just been amazing. It's changed my life for the better. Um, I found a church that I will be joining shortly. I will be joining soon, uh, but I found a church that I really enjoy. Um, I feel happy. I feel peaceful. I'm excited to go to church. Um, I see the fruit in just the 10 weeks. Um, I'm breaking strongholds. I've made decisions to just stop playing with my calling. Um, I've known since a young age, I was meant to, to do ministry. And I just really felt that I needed something to like shake me up and get me back on track and rooted and grounded did just that. So I am so blessed and so happy that I did it. And you guys should definitely do rooted and grounded. Amen. Amen. So I got to tell you, Giovanni, I got a chance to see you on Friday and we talked a little bit. And I wanted to thank her for her testimony and just uh, the powerful testimony she shared, not just in that video, but what she shared uh, for our Rooted and Grounded celebration. And she joined this morning. So we thank God for her. Yeah. Now, our registration for our Rooted and Grounded session in the winter of 2024 is open now. You can use the QR code. You can, of course, go online. Um, Rooted will be offered. Purpose Driven Life will be offered. We're up to about 45 groups. I'm hoping that we'll get to about 50. Uh, but both of these will be offered in January. And remember, we recommend you complete Rooted first. Now, it's not hard and fast. And some of y'all going to be like, I just want to do Purpose Driven Life. I'm just telling you. I'm recommending that you do Rooted first. It'll lay a solid foundation and really help you understand everything that we're doing to help us move from going and having church to being church and what that looks like. And uh, we're grateful to God for that. Uh, those of you who want to pick up your Rooted and Grounded t-shirts, if you haven't picked them up, you can do that at the bookstore on today. Now, where are all of the December birthdays? Stand on your feet wherever you are. All of the December birthdays. Come on, stand up. God saved the best for last. God saved the best for last. Yeah. All right. Well, since this is my birthday month, oh, Lord, look who came. It's Santa Cam. It's Santa Cam. Santa Cam, it's Santa Cam. Listen, don't forget to get your hot chocolate, your wassail outside. 
But uh, Santa Cam is taking pictures with the kids, and we're, we're grateful. Santa Cam, you singing happy birthday? Since it's our pastor's birthday, and since it's all of your birthdays, in the month of December, well, we're singing happy. Happy birthday to you. We're singing happy. Happy birthday to you. Well, we're singing happy. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Well, you look good. You look good. You look fine. You look fine. We hope you have. Hope you have a good time. We're singing happy. Happy birthday to you. We're singing happy. Happy birthday to you. We're singing happy. Happy birthday to you. Amen. Thank you, Santa Cam. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Let's go to God in prayer. Ask God's blessings on our time today. Father, we bless you and we thank you for this day. <clears throat> we pray now that everything that we do and everything that we say, that it will be pleasing in your sight that you will be glorified in the midst of it all. It's in Jesus' name we ask your blessings as your word goes forth. Amen. Amen. It is often called the silent killer. It is in uh, great part referred to as a silent killer because people can go for years suffering from this malady without showing any symptoms or ill effects. Uh, according to health estimates, one-third of the U.S. adults have this disease. But what's even more alarming is that one-third of that one-third is walking around without any knowledge that they're suffering from this disease. It's called hypertension or high blood pressure. And when people have high blood pressure, it's dangerous because it can result in many ill effects. Things like uh, uncontrolled pressure leading to stroke, heart attacks, heart failure, kidney failure, hardening of the arteries, eye damage, and eye disease. Uh, just this past week, I went to the eye doctor and he was checking my retina to make sure that everything was all right because when I contracted COVID, one of the gifts that COVID gave me after it left was high blood pressure. And so since I had COVID, I've been fighting high blood pressure and the eye doctor told me a lot of people don't think about the relationship between their blood pressure and their eyesight. Now, here's what's interesting. As dangerous as hypertension is, as dangerous as high blood pressure is, what many people don't know is that hypotension can be as dangerous as hypertension. Now, some of you may be asking, what is hypotension? Hypotension is low blood pressure. Now, what's different and dangerous about low blood pressure is we know, for example, our average blood pressure should be somewhere around 120 over 80. So if you get up in the 140s over 100s, you would be considered to have high blood pressure. But there is no number that is set by the American Medical Association to say your blood pressure is too low. So, for example, several years ago when we were doing the Daniel Fast, I wasn't eating meat. I was working out every day, and I went to the doctor, and my blood pressure was something like 101 over 70. And the nurse looked at the machine, and she wanted to do it again. And then she said, are you okay? And I said, I'm, I'm great, man. I haven't felt this good in years. 
And the reason she asked me if I was okay is because there is no standard number for low blood pressure. Low blood pressure is really identified by the presence of certain symptoms. So, for example, if you are lightheaded or maybe dizzy or feeling faint, uh, you can have chest pains, you can have a heart attack, your kidneys can fail, your body can just go into shock and shut down if you find yourself at a place where you have low blood pressure. Now, some of you I know are asking, okay, pastor, why this blood pressure lesson today? Here's what I submit to you, my brothers and sisters. I submit to you that the body of Christ is not suffering from hypertension, but we are suffering from hypotension. As a body of believers, we are suffering from low blood pressure. You say, what do you mean? We are lightheaded. We are dizzy. We can't make sense out of what's going on around us. We're not able to take stands like we used to stand. And it's because of our failure to focus, listen carefully, on the blood of Jesus. We have low blood pressure because we don't focus on the blood that was shed for us. And even if we celebrated at communion, I submit to you that many of us don't know the full extent of what we are celebrating or what Jesus has done for us in the shedding of his blood. So today for a few moments on this communion Sunday, this last communion of the year, as we move into the Advent season, I want to talk to you from the thought how to raise your spiritual blood pressure how to raise your spiritual blood pressure. If the blood fails to circulate throughout the body, the body will die or body parts will die. And I submit to you, if we don't focus on the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, we will see dying in the body of Christ. If you have your outlines, would you say amen? amen. If you need an outline, raise your hand in the ushers. We'll get one to you. Four things I want you to see very quickly that I hope and pray will give you some insight into what it means to raise your spiritual blood pressure. Number one, you need to recognize the unifying power of the blood. You need to recognize the unifying power of the blood. Acts chapter 17, verse 26, the New Living Translation says, from one man... He created all the nations throughout the whole earth from one man. Verse 12, Romans chapter 5 says, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. We are born in a state of sin. The Bible says we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity, and it is a direct result of the tainted blood of Adam that flows in us. The DNA of death that entered when Adam sinned against God is still in our blood today. There are many who are trying to trace their ancestry and their roots, and they're, they're, they're going to places like Ancestry.com. And, and what's the other one? 23 and Me. Listen, let me save you some money. Just go on back to Adam. Because that's where it all started. Uh, we, we all can trace our heritage back to one blood and to one person. Matter of fact, I heard somebody say the earliest human being remains were found in Africa. That means everybody started in Africa and we all started off black. You do know that white can come out of black, but black can't come out of white. I'm talking genetics to somebody. The blood, blood poisoning of sin was so potent when it entered Adam's blood that years later we still succumb to the penalty of that sin in our blood. We still die. That's why Psalm 51, verse 5, look at what it says. For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. We never have to teach children how to do wrong. Yeah. 
They were conceived in sin and came forth out of the womb just practicing the sin nature that was already inside of them. That's why Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I know some people like to change that verse and say, Y'all have sinned. Because they like to point at other people who may disagree with them or not have the same perspective in life when the truth of the matter is that all is inclusive. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glorifying of God. There's something unifying in the blood. It's called sin. But watch number two. You need to recognize the purpose of the blood of Jesus. You need to recognize the purpose. If you're going to raise your spiritual blood pressure, watch what it says. Verse 25, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Now, the church of Corinth was going through the motions of Holy Communion. They went through the motions without understanding the meaning. And Paul challenges them to go through the Holy Communion, the Lord's Supper, and receive all that God has given you, but you can't receive it when you are ignorant of what the Lord has done for you. I submit to you that there's some of you in here, if you're not ignorant, you may just be forgetful. And you really have not remembered why the Lord did what he did. The text says, he took the cup after supper and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. That word covenant refers to a relationship, uh, a contract, if you will between one party and another that each accepts. There was an old covenant between God and man, and that old covenant was based upon the law. But now he says there's a new covenant that's present. The old covenant was based upon the shedding of the blood of animals. And the shedding of the blood of animals never could cleanse us from our sin it could only cover our sin. And that covering was not permanent, which is why the sacrifice of animals had to be done day by day and year after year. Jesus says there's a new covenant now, and this blood will not cover your sins. It will wash your sins away. And there's one sacrifice that has to be made, not day by day or year after year, but one sacrifice that will be made that will cover you for the rest of your life. Jesus says, in my blood. Through my blood, there's a new covenant. And that new covenant is going to be confirmed once and for all by my death, my burial, and my resurrection. So he basically says this, the fruit of the vine, when we partake of the communion. Some of you are old enough to remember when people served wine with the communion and those old mothers would make that communion bread. Guess what? There's nothing uh, sanctifying in the wine or in the fruit of the vine because that's not the blood. It represents the blood. So what makes the communion moment, the Lord's Supper moment powerful is not the element as much as the remembrance that we bring to it. That's why Romans 5, 9 says, and since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. And let me go to the third thing. If you're going to raise your spiritual blood pressure, number three, you need to recognize the purifying power of the blood of Jesus. The purifying power of the blood of Jesus. <clears throat> Verse 11, Leviticus 17, for the life of the body is in its blood. I have given you the blood on the altar to purify you, making you right with the Lord. 
It is the blood given in exchange for a life that makes purification possible. Go down to verse 13, Hebrews 9. Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a young cow could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Now, when the text talks about ceremonial impurity, he's talking about a practice without purity, style without substance. We're going through the motion on the outside, but we're still dirty and foul on the inside. Listen, it's like telling your child to go clean the room and they don't go in with a broom, a dustpan, a mop, or anything, and what they do is what? Move the dirt around so you can't see it in the public. Right? They got dirty clothes piled up. They just put all the dirty clothes in the closet. If they take a broom, they sweep all of the dirt under the rug. You follow what I'm saying? So they didn't really clean anything. They just moved the dirt out of sight. That was what ceremonial purity looked like before Jesus. Well, watch what the text says. Matthew, uh, Hebrews 9, verse 14. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for us. Everybody say perfect sacrifice. Now, here's what somebody needs to know. Somebody who's watching, I'm feeling the Holy Spirit tell me, you need to hear this. Here's how Jesus could offer a perfect sacrifice. The Bible says that he was born of a virgin. Now, stop right there because I don't want you to tune me out. I already know somebody wants to walk out. You're like, okay, Pastor, I'm just going to let you finish. I don't know if I'm going to come back because you're talking kind of crazy. Now, I don't believe in no virgin birth. Let me tell you something. If you don't believe in the virgin birth, then you can't believe in the power of the blood to save you. Let me put a cord in the meter and park here for a second. The Bible says we were all born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Sin, listen carefully, did not enter the world through our mother, Eve, but it entered the world through our father, Adam. And every child that's been born has had the sin DNA in them because every child has had an earthly father. Watch this. Life and death is in the blood. An egg will never produce an offspring until it's been fertilized. And it must be fertilized by sperm, and it is in the sperm that the blood exists. Let me see if I can help somebody. If you take an egg that has not been fertilized, you can put it under a lamp, you can heat it up, you can incubate it, it will never materialize into a child. If you take a woman who produces a healthy woman, produces an ovum every month, produces an egg every month, that egg will never take hold in the uterus and produce a child until it comes in contact with sperm. And it is in sperm that the blood resides. So here's what God says. I need blood as a perfect sacrifice, but I can't get perfect blood from an imperfect sinful man. So here's what I have to do. I've got to create a being that is flesh but is not blood. He's got to have the flesh of humanity to walk around in the midst of humanity and sacrifice his life but he can't be tainted by the blood of humanity. Watch what the text says, Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 18, the New Living Translation. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. 
His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. And he considered this, an angel, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived of the Holy Spirit. The child that is within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Go to Hebrews 2. Let me break this down even more for you. For as much, verse 14 says to King James, as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. Everybody say part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Every child took on and were partakers of flesh and blood. But the Bible says when Jesus came, he took part of the same. He took flesh, but he didn't take blood. Now somebody said, wait a minute, why is that important? Here's why. Well, maybe you're asking, how did that happen? Let me tell you how it happened. Physiologically, the blood which flows in an unborn baby's arteries and veins is not derived from the mother, but is produced within the body of the fetus. It is only after the sperm has entered the ovum that the fetus begins to develop their blood type. Now watch this. It is unnecessary in a healthy pregnancy for blood to ever be exchanged between a mother and her fetus. According to scientists, the mother provides the fetus, that unborn developing infant, with the nutritive elements for the building of that body in her womb through the placenta or the afterbirth. All of the nutrients go to the child, all of the waste come from the child, back to the mother through the process of osmosis. But in a healthy pregnancy, no blood is exchanged between child and mother. That's probably way more about birth than any of you wanted to know. But can I tell you why you ought to shout about that? Because watch this. When the Lord sent Jesus, he knew he needed an earthly mother but he knew he couldn't have an a, a, a earthly mother, but he knew he couldn't have an earthly father. So he said, I need a vehicle by which to bring the Savior in the world, but he can't be tainted by the sin of the world. So watch what he tells Joseph. He says, Joseph, I want to make sure that this is truly an immaculate conception. So I don't want you to even know her in an intimate way until after the baby's born because I don't want your sin in the birth canal. So he says it's going to be an immaculate conception, an immaculate gestation, and an immaculate procreation. His blood is going to be sinless because there will be no sin that has anything to do with his birth or his coming into the world short of his mother being the vehicle to bring him into the world. Look at 1 Corinthians 15. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. Here's the fourth and final thing. Number four, you need to recognize the overcoming power of the blood of Jesus. Everybody say overcoming power. The overcoming power of the blood of Jesus. 
Verse 10, Revelation chapter 12. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last, salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth, the one who accuses them before our God day and night. Verse 11, and they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. That word defeated in the King James is translated overcome. It means to subdue. It means to conquer. It means to prevail. It means to get to victory. It does not mean there will not be a struggle. It just means you will be victorious. He says, you and I, because we are children of God, because we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior, because we've been washed in the sinless blood of the Lamb, we overcome our enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by our testimony. See, Satan, the accuser of the brethren and the sisters, is always looking to bring charges against us. And every time he brings charges, whether they are factual or not, every time he brings charges, every time he accuses us of something, all Jesus has to do is point to the blood. Account has already been settled. Bill has already been paid. Everything is all right because of the power of the blood. Yeah, the power of the blood. That, that's why uh, when, when the Passover took place, you remember uh, the Bible says that, that the death angel came and, and God said, paint the doorpost with the lamb's blood. He says, and when I see the blood, I'm going to pass over. Not, not when I see your good deeds. Not when I, when I see your moral acts. Not when I see what kind of spirit you have. Not when I see your actions or your attitudes. No, when I see the blood. He says, I'm going to pass over. See, see, Adam's sin brought condemnation, but God's free gift brought justification. Adam's sin brought condemnation, but God's free gift brought regeneration. Adam's sin brought condemnation, but God's free gift brought restoration. Uh, Adam's sin brought condemnation, but God's free gift brought salvation. Adam's sin brought condemnation but God's free gift brought sanctification I'm trying to help somebody understand why we ought to shout when we talk about the blood we're not just talking about any old kind of blood and let me tell you if you don't believe in the virgin birth then I got news for you you can't shout about the blood because it's his blood that makes salvation available. It's his blood that washes away my sins. It's his blood that keeps me. It's his blood that will never lose its power. Adam's sin was tainted. He couldn't use his blood. The angels were well-meaning, but they had no blood. Animal blood could only cover sin, but it couldn't wash our sins away but there was one who furnished for us sinless blood born of a virgin had a earthly mother but he had a heavenly father and his supernatural blood could do something that chemists can't even explain his supernatural blood could take our black sins dip them in red blood and make us white as snow. Some of y'all missed the shout right there. I said he could take the blackness of our lives, the blackness of our attitude, and dip our sin nature in red blood. And the Bible says we came out of red blood white as snow. That's why the songwriter said there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein and sinners who plunge beneath that flood lose all their guilty stain the dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day and there may I 
Though vile is he, wash all my sins away. The blood that Jesus shed for me way back on Calvary. The blood that gives me strength from day to day. Have I got one or two witnesses? I'm so glad it will never lose its power. It reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. That blood that gives me strength from day to day. Anybody glad it will never, it will never, it will never lose its power. What can wash away my sin? I'm trying to help somebody here. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, 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 oh precious is that flow that makes me white as snow. No other fountain I know. Nothing. I said nothing but the blood of Jesus. Well, let me see if I can help somebody else. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. One day when I was lost, he died upon the cross. He hung his head and he died. He hung his head and he died. I said he hung his head and he died for me one day when I was lost. He died upon the cross. He hung his head and died for me. But I got good news for you. He's coming back. Lord have mercy. I said he's coming back again. I said he's coming back again for me. Yes. Yes. One day when I was lost, he died on the cross. He's coming back again for me. Let's sing it together. The blood that Jesus shed for me. Way back on Calvary. Come on, somebody. The blood that gives me strength. Come on, anybody in here, can you testify? Not one day, not two days. But from day to day, it will never. Lord, have mercy. I don't care how much you mess up. I don't care how bad you get. It will never lose its power. Lord, have mercy. Come on, let's sing it together. Let's sing it together. Come on, come on, let's sing it together. The blood that Jesus shed for me. Come on, way back on Calvary. Come on. The blood. Thank you. 
Yes, Lord. Way back, way back on Calvary, the blood. Come on, from day, from day to day. Come on, it will never. Come on, it soothes my doubts and it calms my fears. Hallelujah. My doubts and calms my fears. Come on, and when I need them, it dries all my tears. All of my tears, the blood. From day to day, it will never. Come on, it reaches to the highest mountain. But listen, I got some folk that were down in the valley. Anybody not ashamed to say he found you down in the valley? But thank God it flows to the lowest valley. yourself. Come on, somebody who's not ashamed to say I was in the valley. Thank God it flows. Lord have mercy to the lowest. Yeah! I know the blood that gives me strength from thee. Lord have mercy. Come on, come on. I'm, I'm just feeling, I'm just feeling the Lord moving right now. I'll tell you what, this is what we're going to do. Come on, deacons, let's move quick. We're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper right now. We're going to celebrate right now. We're going to celebrate right now. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow. That makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing. I said nothing. I said nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. If you need, if you need communion elements, raise your hand and the deacons will get one to you. Come on, let's celebrate right now. Let's celebrate right now. Let's celebrate right now. Father, we thank you and bless you for the opportunity to come to this table. 
We thank you, God, because we do not come because we are so right and so righteous. We do not come because we are so godly and so holy. We come as an expression of your grace and your mercy on our behalf. And we thank you for the blood that never loses its power. God, we ask you to forgive us of all sins of thought, word, and deed, those things that we have done overtly, covertly, and inadvertently. Those things that we have done that have not been pleasing in your sight, we ask for your forgiveness. Yes, Lord. God, where we have an ought against another, may we let it go. Where there is an ought against us, God, we pray the same. That there will be nothing that would stand in the way of our fellowship with you around this table. Let us eat and drink strength to our spirit man and our spirit woman. That God, as we partake of this, we would be encouraged to run on just a little while longer. All right now. And see what the end will be. Yes, Lord. Bless the unleavened bread and yes. bless the fruit of the vine. Yes, Lord. That represents your body and your blood. Yes, Lord. We thank you. Yes, Lord. And we ask your blessings now in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Let all of God's people say amen. amen. Stand if you will, stand if you can. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and after he blessed it, he broke it. He gave it to his disciples. He said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Everybody say, for me. May be hard for you to understand, but because God is not limited by time, because God sees yesterday, today, and tomorrow all at the same time, he saw you. Let us eat and remember his sacrifice for us. Amen. Likewise, when supper was ended, he took the cup, the fruit of the vine, and after he had blessed it, he poured it and gave it to his disciples. He said, take drink. This cup is the new covenant. This represents my blood. The writer of Hebrews said, without the shedding of blood, there could be no remission of sin. He said, as often as you drink this, do so in remembrance of me. Let us drink and remember together. Amen. Father, thank you for how you made provision for us. And the more we know, the more we appreciate the miracle, wonder-working power that you use to change our destination from hell to heaven. We pray now that even our appreciation of the blood that was shed for us would be heightened, would be raised. So that as we leave here, we would be reminded to never see the blood of Jesus the same way. Bless now. And we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please remain standing. Please remain standing. If you're here today, You're upstairs in the balcony or downstairs to my left or to my right. Men and women who are coming, who would love to show you how to ask the Lord into your life. Um, Those of you who have children, you can go and pick up your children. If you don't have children, please stay because I don't want any excessive movement to get in the way of somebody who may want to make a decision for Jesus today. Um, Matter of fact, what time is it? Even if you have children, just stop for a moment because I don't, I don't want somebody to, to, to take that as a sign. I, I need you right now just to be praying, those of you who know the Lord, somebody who's here, somebody who's watching, you may need Jesus in your life. If you use the QR code in the sanctuary or out, you can use that QR code, and it will show you how to ask Jesus Christ into your life how to pray the prayer of salvation, how to say yes to the Lord, how to become part of our church family. We'll not only welcome you in terms of membership, but we'll show you how to participate in discipleship on the digital platform. For somebody though, who is in here right now, I wanna give you an opportunity to say yes to God. The greatest gift you can give to the Lord is the gift of yourself. This Advent season, We celebrate 
the unspeakable gift that God gave to us in Jesus. And if you're wondering what could you give to God this year, I want to encourage you to know that there's no greater, better gift that you can give to the Lord than to give him yourself. For somebody who needs salvation, I want you to make that decision today. For somebody, it may be sanctification. In other words, you need to recommit your life to the Lord. Sister Rhonda McLemore saying earlier about just the challenges and the difficulties of making it through the year, man. And for some people, it's been tough. Our church family's been a challenge. We've said goodbye to over 20 people this past year. Uh, but somebody needs to know that God is still good and God is still on the throne. Yes, yes. And so, as Elder Taylor sings, I want somebody to just say, come on, I'm, I'm coming right now. Matter of fact, just look at the person to your left and to your right and just tell them I'll come with you if you need me to walk with you. You don't have to walk by yourself. Come on, we'll, we'll walk together. It was the blood. Come on, just, just come on down. We'll rejoice with you. We'll celebrate with you. Upstairs or down, come on. It was blood. Amen. Amen. Come on. That precious blood. Bless you. Bless you. Come that on. my Savior, He shed for me. Bless you. Bless you. And I thank God for the blood that came streaming down for me. It was the blood. Bless you. Come on. I see you coming. That made the difference. Come on. At Calvary. Come on, somebody else. Oh, I thank God for the blood that came streaming down for me. It was the blood that made the difference at Calvary. I've been washed in Jesus' blood. All of my sins are gone away, and now there's no more shame. Thank God I'm not the same. My awful dead. With his blood, he did pay. And no one but Jesus could ever make such a sacrifice for me. It was. Come on, if you know it, sing it with, with Elder. I thank God. I thank God for the blood, for the blood that came streaming down for me. It, it was, was the blood that made the difference. That Stretch out your hand towards those who have come. Father, we thank you and bless you for those who have come. 
God, you don't, you only know where they've come from, and more importantly than that, you know the plans you have for them. We cover them with believing prayer, asking you to bless as only you can for this season of their journey. And we pray, God, that you would help them to fulfill their potential in you so that as they grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, they will become more and more like you. Where our prayers fall short for them, we ask you to make up the difference. Help us to provide for them the place of connection, not just with you, but with other believers. So we may encourage them in their walk with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Let all of God's people say amen. Amen.